Welcome to That Now Podcast, the only podcast mad enough to embark on a musical journey through the roller coaster of bangers, bombs, and blissful indulgences of the now that's what I call music compilation albums. I'm Looney. I'm Looney. I'm Looney. I'm Looney. It's going to take well to it. Uh, I'm Looney, right. and joining me as always are our highly qualified resident audiophiles, Marita. Hello. And James. Hello. Coming up, we go silly for Smiths, listless for Lennox, and balmy for Bowie. To listen to the Spotify playlist for this episode's tracks, please click in the link below in the description. During the pod, all of us will pick three tunes from each side of each compilation. These will go to a final poll that you, the listener, can vote for. The top 10 of 1983-1984 will then be inducted in the Hall of Fame. So let's turn on our gramophones and find out if that is indeed now that's what we call music. Hey, do you turn on a gramophone? I don't know. I'm I'm sure you do. You crank one, don't you? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, Oh, it's a gramophone. I thought you put the needle on. I know that's a record player, but is it not electric? Yeah. A gramophone, yeah. Maybe there is a. It's a turning. It's a turny. Yeah, but that's oh, quite knackering, isn't it? Remember when so you had the dial for to phone somebody on a like a wall phone? And you had to, like if it was an O at the start, you'd have to go all the way around. I'm the youngest short. here, and I don't remember that. I know of them, but we yeah. didn't have them. I mean, how old are you? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I have used one. Have you? Yeah. I, I, one thing I just want to get back to is one thing that amazes me still, right, is that you can put a needle in a groove and it will play music out of a needle being in a groove. How does that happen? That is saying like, how does a laser read a CD and it turn into music that to me is one of those miracles like how do I hear a voice down at the phone it's the same thing the thing I thought of when you just said that is you know when you're in a cave or if you throw a rock against a wall and it makes a sort of noise or an echo that yeah. if you think about that in a sort of very minute sense of the groove I imagine it's sort of a bit like that isn't it you're sort of going against a groove right and making an echo outwards I have absolutely it's no dead. idea how it works. Yes, but we do. But, but I mean, Marita, it's, the, it's your B in physics that's going to have to get us through this. You know, <laughs> it's not my double science GCSE is not going to absolutely uh, not sway Sorry. here. Um, That'd be quite but, fun. We watched a video of how records are made together, and they yeah. do a live commentary on it. No, next episode, we'll <laughs> we'll actually figure out how music is how music works. Transporters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think we could be less informed in this podcast generally or what do you oh, think? Yeah. We can we can be less informed. I don't know how that works for you. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're pretty on the low end of that spectrum. <laughs> um just a you know, is it, is it, is it a common theme that listeners have called in and said that they've really enjoyed is the uh, small little icebreakers we do at the beginning. Yeah. Um and I know you've all been looking forward to this week's one. Um, as have I. Um, so this week's is, if you could have a supply of anything for the rest of your life, what would it be? I don't think you can say money. No. 
I was going to say tea bags because I drink lots of tea, but then that's like so bounteous that it's <laughs> completely pointless. Like I buy these yeah, that's quite thousands. Good. I already buy a one thousand sack. Yeah, the year. So I remember you used to come into work with them. There's yeah. big ones when you'd come back to England. Now I've had it where like I've been I, I, I tea bags have fallen out of my pocket here in the Netherlands because. <laughs> Because you know that Dutch people won't have any good tea, so you have to take your Yorkshire tea with you. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you're getting your keys out and a tea bag comes out because you took it around a friend's house. And you think, I'm some kind of stupid stereotype of a Dutch person <laughs> who carries around tea bags with them. So. And then with all the rain in the Netherlands, it falls into a puddle and you're like, oh, I'll just drink that puddle because that'll be good enough. And I've got, I've got to save these tea bags. It's better than the weak ass Dutch tea that you get the the black tea yeah, in the supermarkets. So, how um, many do you go through in a day, James? I.e., how long does a thousand bag last you? Thousand bags. Uh, it'll do at least six to eight months, I think. I'm I'm on about four for today. And if, you, if, you, if you're just joining us, this is now what I call tea. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, Marita, any thoughts to what your Lifetime you probably know what I'm going to say, chocolate. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, it's quite broad as well, isn't it, chocolate? You can go like biscuits, you can go chocolate bars. I think you'd have to be specific. Do you think? You can't yeah. just be playing and say chocolate. No, I might, I've, I've heard from the upper echelons that whoever's <laughs> going to give this stuff to you, you have to be a bit more specific. And how specific are we talking? We're talking like white chocolate only or, you know. I think brand Brand yeah. Oh gosh, right. These Aldi triple chocolate biscuits are slamming. Oh, they are good, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ate a whole pack the other day before going to Wales. Yeah. Pretty sick. Yeah. Was that breakfast or lunch? A combo, mega combo. Can I ask a question? Uh, what chocolate do you have in the house at the moment? Because I'm in a very fortunate position to have a Milky Bar here. Oh, I love a Milky Bar. Good shout. What do you have at the moment? Um, I've got some also Aldi dark chocolate bars, sea salt, dark very chocolate. Nice. Very, very delicious. Yeah. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, it, it's, it, it comes in the house and then it's eaten. There, there, there is no stock. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's constantly trough, put in the trough and hoovered up by myself, um, usually on the way home, um, maybe with, you know, a shit show like an episode of Love After Lockup or something. That was my latest uh, <laughs> guilty pleasure. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything rest of supply. I, I I think things like tea and chocolate, like the small things, the boring things, like mm. I don't want to buy washing up liquid or like mm. olive oil. Oh, maybe, maybe just constantly having olive oil. That would be good, mm. um, which has gone very expensive. Um, so that would be me, really. But um, should we get down into it? Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think we might be quite boring, might we? Well, I don't think that. that. Although, maybe we're just pretty content. Yeah, exactly. The small things in life, right? Exactly, mate. Yeah. You know, if you were happy all the time, it wouldn't be a great life, would it? You need to come with the rough of the smooth. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Aldi chocolate with the... Milky bar moments, I guess. Um, all right, let's start. Now, two, 
side two, vinyl two of two. Okay. Now, update on where we're all at. You know, obviously, we all have to do our homework every week. Um, you know, and we all try very hard at that. And some try harder than others. And Marita, you've had a very busy week of doing a lot of homework, just perhaps the wrong long work. homework. Yeah. I skipped forward to get this side over and done with that you went straight to now three coming to a podcast near you but um yes mate how are we feeling what happened yeah Yeah. no just i'm sorry i got discombobulated there's been a bit of a pause between our last recording and this one Mm. i'll just skip forward listen to now three which by the way quite good Quite and good. To look forward to. Yeah. So look forward to that next episode. Yeah. I personally thought this side was probably one of the better sides we've had. Although looking at you two and <laughs> in the previous talks before this recording, it could be the worst for both of you. Absolutely atrocious. Can't be Yeah. Well, it made me angry how bad some of these songs were. <laughs> I, I was just thinking. You know, if somebody said to me, oh, here's a CD, it's got Bowie, it's got the Smiths, it's got Paul McCartney on it, it's got the Rolling Stones, and I'd be like, oh, it sounds like a pretty good CD. Oh, how wrong you are. (laughs) Well, let's find out, shall we? And starting now. One of the most iconic songs of the 80s, probably, Frank Goes to Hollywood, Relax. James, do you want us to take us away? Yeah, I mean, I know this song is like iconic from the eighties. It's just one of those things where, like, yeah, I get it. It's about coming. It's about premature ejaculation. It's. I oh, didn't get. You didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Relax. Don't do it. When you want to come, don't do it, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's oh, it's, wow. it's very sexual. I don't it's think the the, the very. I think that's James's very like personal interpretation of no, 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 me no, shagging. No. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's all about the what's the video, man? It's yeah. Well, it's just oh, a, it's just a very gay video. Yeah, but it's it's so obviously about about premature ejaculation. Well, yeah, because he's saying relax, don't do it. Yeah. Wow, I feel terrible that that has gone completely over my head. I feel really naive. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Um, I've I've also seen I think I've seen Limmy do this on karaoke on his live streams and that kind of also I preferred his version of it than um than the actual version. If you don't know Limmy, he's mm. a Scottish comedian who's uh the light of my life. Um I just I get it. It's three minutes of four minutes of whatever of just like the same idea constantly and I just don't as much as I think it's like um probably at the time, again, quite a liberating song, maybe for the gay community or whatever, and especially with it being so popular. It's like, this is front and centre in modern popular culture. I think, okay, maybe at the time it was like that, but honestly, I just find it quite tedious. Or uh, Yeah, that's my take. Mel? I mean, I can't not think of Zoolander, that one yeah. song in Zoolander. I mean, is it? inextricably linked for me and that kind of makes it bearable and I can't believe it's only three minutes long because it feels like it's about eight minutes long um I mean it's fine isn't it uh, it doesn't make you want to dance 
Yeah, it does. It's more than fine. You two are mad. Honestly, I, I cannot believe. I looked at this and saw this song and thought, fucking hell, we're going to be off to a good start of this podcast. And you two, miserable. I, honestly, my God. Like, I know. Look, overplayed, sure. 80s iconic. Yes, we can agree. But that doesn't sound like any other of the songs that we've listened to, you know, so far that are like 80s iconic or everyone loves. I mean, yeah, there's some obviously like some good, like you said, Jim, brilliant gay sympathies and like stuff like that, which is one part of it. But it's just like, it's fun. It's it's just blatant fun. It's, it doesn't, I do think it doesn't sound like anything I've listened to. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you have it. You don't have to let me have it. I don't know. I see where you're coming from, but I just I don't think it's a great song. No, I, I agree, Mal. I just it's just you know, it's talking about laser beams and stuff, which is also <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is also a metaphor. Oh um, yeah, so yeah, so you know I don't know. It's a bit dark. Against that, if you want well, to talk about hitting somebody with laser beams and it's an influence, and that's fine. But yeah, it's shoddy, shoddy, shoddy. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll just let you have that. No, don't let me have it. All names. No. I quite like the name. I've got to say, I like the band name. Thank you, goes to Hollywood. Yeah, that's that's all I think. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It came from an advertisement announcing the first Frank Sinatra uh, featuring in the film, like an acting role. Yeah. It is a good band name, yeah. It's a good band name. It's like better than like Frankie Goes to Trambridge Wells or like, <laughs> you know, Frankie Goes to Biddingsley on the Wade or whatever, you know, these sort of shitty English villages. Um, I'm never going to convince that I don't have the energy two so we'll move on to next one Eurythmics here comes the rain again Mal takes away I want to dive into your oceans I did think that that was a euphemism hasn't it it has to be salty again R.E. this side two of two None of these songs really go anywhere. They're just so drab. Um, I mean, yeah, I made it to the end of the song, maybe. I probably skipped it quite a bit. Um, this, there was a bit of a string section. Maybe she got like a violin out. Um, but apart from that, kind of forgettable, I would say. For me, for me sorry, like I think Annie Lennox, we talked about Tina Turner, right? I talked about Tina Turner singing diarrhea medicine labels and sounding good. Mm. I did also think about Annie Lennox, like she's got a really nice voice. It's um she's she can convey a lot of emotion in her voice. Um I do do quite like the rhythmics. I think there's got some good songs. I wouldn't say this is one of my favourite rhythmic songs. In this album, this is probably a good song. I wouldn't really listen to this so much. I like the way she says emotional like uh <laughs> <laughs> no. Tearing up my head like an emotion, and I think just one thing I'd love—I'd love to hear it with like a night, like a uh, 
a stronger snare sound. There's like not much of a snare there, which so uh, maybe there's a remix or something that I can dig out. But <laughs> yeah, I thought it was an interesting song. Not the best of your remakes, but I've, I've always got time for Annie Lennox. She also seems like a really cool person. But um, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's okay. Yeah, she's the good egg of good eggs, I think. Yeah. Uh, she's a top lass. Um, I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved it, guys. I <laughs> I am not your friend today. You With this song, you saying you loved it, I can understand why somebody would really like this song. Okay, but you couldn't yeah. understand why people would love the one before. I am kind of, but it just didn't do as much for me. But. Okay. No, I loved it. And I, you know, I, I've, I've obviously heard that before, but I haven't really like sat down and listened to it. Really, obviously, "Sweet Dreams" we I've know to death, and I love it to death. Yeah. And I just love her, and I love her voice. And I think um, a friend of mine, he's got a friend who's in a band. She's like sort of half like famous, I guess, and she really sounds like Annie Lennox. And I remember hearing them go, "Oh my god!" Like you know, you must have. And she was like, "Yeah, I love, I love that. Mm. I love her." You know, and, like this emulation, and she's. Obviously, like uh, an icon and a beacon for people, I think. And just that voice, I think it's more than good. I think it's ethereal. I think it's powerful. I think it's emotional. I think it's striking. And yeah, as you know, we said re- re- previously, you know, it does something to me, that voice, I think. And maybe the music isn't everyone's favorite, but. I like because you know I like Sweet Jesus. It's a little bit dancey. It's a little bit synthy. There's a little bit of something's going on. There's a little bit of rhythm to that. Uh, it's a Casio keyboard, obviously. You know things like that. It had me going, man. I loved it, and I love melancholy. I love the melancholy of it. That's another Hall of Fame. We're just getting mine out of the way today. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal with it, guys. Deal with it. Um, maybe I'll make it three and three. You know I like Howard Jones. Coming up next, Howard Jones. Um, I'll go for it because I'll I'll take I'll take a load off you two. Um, but what I've written here is the be- the beginning sounds like the music from a sort of PC game, but not the official game, like a knockoff <laughs> of like Championship Manager or something like that. So it's like a game that probably doesn't even need music, but mm. It's not even the official one, you know. It's 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 real like own brand like PC game music, I think. Um, but I quite liked it. I obviously quite like Howard Jones. I think I, there's this, you know, this guy. It's all right. But like I think you said before, Jones with his other song, it's like a guy's just got a keyboard and he's just having the best time. He's yeah. just having the best time with it, and he's got all the different uh, parts. Okay, keyboard, I'm going to press that. Okay, uh, drum machine, bongos, I'm going to press that. You know, uh, it's just going to keep them all and out churns a few hit singles, it seems. James? I was reminiscing about you doffing your cap to Mr. Jones. And I'd also also like to doff my cap to him because I I think this is a fun song. Uh, I kind of like it. I like this kind of like the rhythm and the, the, the kind of like, tempo in the verses i think um the chorus is okay i could take or leave it but i like the verses i like it's kind of got a bit of a funky thing going on it's uh, fine. it's yeah fine. it's kind of a cool song 
And uh, I like that kind of like squishy snare sound that he's got as well, which sounds kind of cool. Mm. Um, I think it's like a musically interesting pop song. Um, you know, it's not like my Hall of Fame level, but I think I think it's okay. I think it's a good song. I think it's fun. Uh, and if it came on the radio, I'd be like, oh, that's all right. So I, I'd say, you know, for me, that's a, yeah, I like it. Well, I've been shaking my there? head. I've just been shaking my head. I agree it's funky, but that doesn't make it good. Yeah. Um, for me, at least. Um, pretty, again, very forgettable. You did want to mention Lamal earlier before, Jim, but yeah, we are allowed to mention Lamal with Howard Jones because I think there could be a worse haircut. <gasps> oh, Look, really? Okay. Wait, it's, it, it's very similar. It's just which yeah. one do you think is worse? worse? Yeah. I was wondering to myself, is all of this stuff that we're saying liable or can we say that people have bad haircuts, things like that? I think they probably agree for... I think we're fine. Yeah. Um, I will say that it's a terrible haircut. But not as... I'd rather have his haircut than Lamal's. Mm. Okay. Now, I just wanted to highlight that extra hair as a challenge to the top part, the top contender of our ongoing list of ideal... 80s pop star. Well, so what, what do we have again? We have eyebrows of Nick Kershaw, yes. hair of Limal. Yeah. We've got a few other things, haven't we? We didn't get Matt Bianco. We didn't get anything of Matt Bianco. Maybe could we have the tash of, uh, is it Errol Morris from Hot Chocolate? Let's do that. That sounds good. <laughs> Double it tash one. But I'm worried now. I've done that thing where I might have made up a fake tash. No, he's got he's got the big. They've got yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got to just quickly look though because otherwise I'm going to be. Is he called Errol Morris, like the filmmaker? But, oh, but no, he's not called. He's called. I've just typed in hot chocolate to Google images. <laughs> what comes up? Cadbury's. It's just hot chocolate in a mug, mate. <laughs> Fuck me. It's not going well today. Hot chocolate with a mustache. It's just a mug of hot chocolate. Oh, he's called Errol Brown. Errol Brown. Yeah, his his moustache, definitely. Hang on, though, is he? Yeah, so there's a stage. There's, he's called Errol Brown. He's dead. Oh. Yeah, sorry. I just, that was the seat. Uh, but yeah, he's got a top tash. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, we've still got six years of the 80s, right, to build our pop star, so. True, true. It doesn't want to be forever. do we? No. Um... Are we going to do like a police sketch of our dream person yeah. from the eighties? Definitely, yeah. You get one of the listeners to do it. Yeah, great. What well, do they win as a prize? Yeah, a signed copy of the the perfect pop star, and then they can, uh, you know, use our signature for fraudulent activities. Awesome. We have a favourite band of mine, The Smiths, um, making a feature on a quite a poppy album. I was quite surprised by that, actually. Um, Marita's nodding and grinning vigorously. Um, I can't tell if the grin is with 
angst or it's it's a positive one. Mal, let's go to you with your thought. Not to be a anomaly, but you've not said the name of the track. And I haven't said the name of the track. I always it's just, it's just one of the foibles, right? One of the tracks I don't say the name. You know, they just keep everyone guessing. What could it be? You know, the list. Um, what difference does it make if you say the name of the track or not? Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you're going to say it now. Yeah. yeah. Now is of course the Smiths with what difference does it make? Just goes straight in, doesn't it? It's absolutely phenomenal. Um Morrissey doing what he does best. Kind of is it is it macabre? Is that the right word? It's not it's not it's not morbid, it's just like maudlin, I suppose. Great words. Maudlin warbling. That's what Morrissey Oh, oh I like it. Like it. Um yeah. and I mean yeah. Is he called Johnny Moore? Yeah. Just yeah. you know, he's he's carrying it kind of with a bit of an upbeatness in a way that it doesn't become too melancholic. It's it's great. Like you can listen to it on repeat for about an hour and still not be sick of it. Like it's just very well put together. Much of the sounds great. Tracks, isn't it? I think Yeah, very well produced. Mm. Um it's great. It's not it's not too sad, it doesn't air on too sad, it's not too upbeat. It's just a very well constructed, put together, classic mank song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, James. Yeah, great song. Smiths are fantastic. How many good songs have they got? Too many. Um, what it really, you see, Johnny Marr is a great guitarist. Morrissey's a fantastic vocalist. I'm glad we don't talk about Morrissey, obviously in his modern context, because it's quite problematic and it's quite boring. We all, you know, you can do your own research and find out what you think about Morrissey, really. Um, but yeah, just these, just these amazing lyrics, right? Like, heavy words are so lightly thrown, but I'd still jump in front of a flying bullet for you. That's the kind of thing that just draws you into a song, especially when you're a certain age, right, where you listen to this band for the first time. And um, I think this... I don't know if you guys have watched this guy called Rick Beato on... YouTube is a music producer, but he did a he did a video a while ago about thirteen things that will pull you into a song or something. He did an interview with Sting, and Sting was like, "Look, I can know if I like a song in 20, 30 seconds because there's certain things you need to be surprised by it." And one of those things with the with lyrics, obviously, is if there's great lyrics and a great voice, it just pulls you in. I think with the Smiths, they just do that so many times where the lyrics just take you, and you're just like, "Wow, that just speaks to me." I remember being where I, I remember where I was when I first heard this charming man, and being like, "What the hell is this? This is so good. This this sounds so different and so interesting. And the lyrics are amazing, and the bass lines are amazing. The drums are amazing. The guitars are amazing. So you're definitely one of the best bands of the '80s by far. So yeah, and the end as well. There's like what like an outro of like a minute of just the music and Morrissey doing his warbling. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Hold Such in. definitive sounds, the Smiths, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You'll immediately know it, even if you don't know that song by them, right? And yeah. I think that's such a hard thing to do as a band sometimes. You know, like, oh, I think it's, yeah, it's brilliant. But yeah, Hall of Fame for you there, Jim. Definitely. Same with you, Mal. And for me, please. Yeah. 
going against the grain. You do not like it, do you? You two, you're just cool. You're just hipster. You're just liking your Smiths, and no one's giving old Howard Jones. They might doff caps, but no one's giving him a Hall of Fame, are they? What are you saying, Louis? What are your favourite bands? You're saying. I was, well, favorite band in like this is like wow! I didn't expect this to be on an hour album. I don't think I'm, I. I think I clarify that I don't know. Like I, I love every song that I know by them. I think that's why I maybe meant more by that. Um, uh, but yeah, it doesn't make my hall of fame actually because it's not my favorite Smiths song. Um, and I don't. I almost just don't place it in this podcast that we're doing. So for it to come up has surprised me and. I don't think it's relevant to, I think it's beyond, you know, I thought this was about pop music and I don't really think of the Smiths as pop music necessarily, um, which I, I'm, I'm pleased to see them here and that popular, but I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit freaked out that this is in contention and we're talking about it. Not that I'm not enjoying it and I'm pleased that we are. It's just, yeah, I, I'm a bit, I didn't find it quite odd. Do you think that's got something to do with you seeing it through the lens of like 2023 rather than like, I reckon the, the, the Smiths appeared on top of the pops quite a lot. And that's like pop classic, you know, tackle, isn't it? Um, it's tackle. Um, yeah. I think, I think you're bang right. I think you're bang right. I think if I, I'm looking back at pop of then, and that was pop of then in a way. Yeah. I think, I think, like you know, I don't know if my mum will like me saying this, but I think she she would have shown me the Smiths, and I think she was always hates pop. So I think I've probably not put the two together when, in fact, of course, it was popular music. Yeah, but maybe it was against the grain of Culture Club or whatever. Duran Duran. Duran. It was real. It was working class. It was emotions. It was lyrics. It was poetry. Yeah. It wasn't just flouncy and synthy and new wave, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's not in my faves because I would choose many others. But, um, but just going back, on. sorry. No, I was going to say, just going back to what you said about your mom, I think there were distinct camps of yeah. pop hearing from like my mom talk about pop. She's like a very. 80s, she was a teenager in the 80s. Um, you had like people that liked the Smiths and the Cure. Yeah. And then you had the other people who liked, I don't know, your Spandau pal, Ballet. Phil, yeah, Phil Collins, Spandau Ballet. Um, I reckon Blamange would probably be in the camp of uh, the Smiths as well. Um, I, I, yeah, you've got classic pop, pop, and then you've got, you know, your new wave pop or like, mm. yeah, gothic pop. Like, yeah. That's quite interesting though, isn't it? Like the we're talking about a period, like you say, you've got the new romantics, you got the punk kids, yeah. the new wave kids, probably like these you know, like like you say, there's all these different people uh competing. And this kind of carries on a bit, even to like when we were growing up, where you've got like, you know, moshers, yeah. townies, famous, yeah. and that's all dead now, which is a maybe a bit sad. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't ever see any negative walk around with any kind of different look at all. Everyone just looks kind of the same now. Mm. It's not anymore. Or mm. God, when I went to Italy, I noticed it. 
Because yeah. people look more punk or more rock and roll, I thought it was quite cool. Okay. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like people just, there's no scenes. I don't feel like there's a scene. Maybe, Maybe. there is, and but like definitely in Holland, there's no scene. There's no scene in Manchester. I guess there's no scene which has a, a, a clothing cue, like a, yes. a visual style that's like well known even to like the broader public. Maybe they do exist, obviously. But where you know, I feel a bit like old man yells at cloud. But um, you know, like that. What we're talking about here with the eighties, that is, like you say, that is every teenager in the school would be part of one of these yes. groups. You know, you're in a camp. Yeah, which is maybe good. Like maybe they're actually thinking about it even more. Maybe this is a more positive thing. Is that people are more, uh, you know, um, magpie like. You know that they're they're listening to everything and they're not like oh, I only yeah. like one set. I only like this set. So maybe. In an, in another way, it's a good thing that yeah. I I wonder if you're right there, James. I think that's probably. I imagine you would more be into or allowed to like everything, you know. Yeah. Um, we were immature, I, I guess. That's the thing. Although, I think I had quite eclectic tastes even then. I wasn't parked in any camp. Were you? I don't think you both were. Tried I, to be for a bit. Sorry. Did you? Nice. Yeah. Emo. Oh, that's interesting. Tried to be. I had a huge swept over fringe. Fringe. Back here. Oh, my yeah. God. Did you really? Yeah. I want to see about. that. <laughs> I will send you the picture. Only for about, I don't know, maybe three months and then realised I didn't actually like Fallout Boy or my chemical romance. Oh, it's trying okay. to cut me hard saying, yeah, more. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, James. Uh, no, I like the moshing music, but I didn't dress like a moshing or what. Did you like moshing? Yeah. Like, I like chainsaw music, like Slipknot, as you like to describe it. Um, I like Slipknot and Sister were Down and all these kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm a soft sap. I've never liked moshing. I've never liked the crowd. I've never liked the crush. I want space to dance near the back mm-hmm. and I can exit swiftly. Toilet nice. breaks. <laughs> um, Louis, just going back to what you said about this song and how you don't really consider it like part of the now, or, or you know, it's a bit of an outlet. I do, I do understand where you're coming from because this is why I think I need to doth my cap to Howard Jones because, like, Howard Jones is what I would associate with '80s radio pop, you know, and I think that's a good track. So. Is it as good as the Smiths or any some of these other great artists from the eighties? Of course not. But in the context of the album, and I think we talked about this in the past, like I think it does deserve a dot of the cap. So I've taken your cap and I've dotted it. <laughs> I was going to say I, I I wasn't sure if you were actually allowed to be dotting caps. That's it's, that's my i it's my cap. I mean, okay. Are we all wearing caps? Because we haven't talked about that. Um, I like it as an idea to doth. The cap, so maybe you could be dothing your fedora. I uh, know, not with the associations with the fedoras have. Oh, really? What, what have they got? Oh, t- fedoras, they're like a you know, weeaboo kind of people. What? Uh, I've always seen called now. Uh, Mary, too, are you as shocked as I? Cause I oh. Not that I have a fedora, but <laughs> I just said it as a general hat. They're associated with like, um, you know, like guys who have samurai swords. And they're like uh, incels. incels. Yeah. It's an yeah. incel hat. Yeah. 
So there's these guys who studied the blade. That's the meme. <laughs> they wear fedoras. They have samurai swords. They weren't popular with women when they were teenagers. But they think that because they've like studied the blade, like samurai swords, that they're somehow noble or something. So yeah, if you, you just need to... Google Cell is an incel. Incel ish, yeah. So I'm not going to be dothing my fedora anytime. But I'll, I'll come up with some. Maybe I should doth my flat cap because I'm from Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yeah. 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 And I'll doth my new era hat because I'm from London. Okay. Do I get. What, what, what would you like? Bowler hat? No. So the Lancastrians have. They worked in mills or something. Can I doff my beanie? Can I have a beanie? Yeah, doff your beanie. That's quite nice. It's, it's getting wintry, isn't it? <laughs> it's fitting of the season. We've all got the hats. So, Marita, be sure to doff that beanie uh, at some point. Later. Oh, thank you. Um, I haven't, you know, listeners, don't, you're looking forward to I've got to doff my cap, and Marita's got to doff her beanie. And James has now doffed his flat cap. To Fiction Factory feels like heaven. Uh, James, yeah, I, re- I really like this song, and it's um, I, I, just, I just there's a kind of a personal story behind why I like this song. I, I kind of knew the lyrics for some reason, and I liked it. And we were, I was quite drunk one time at my friend's house. Oh no, it was at my house. What am I talking about? And we were like just after the pub, you know, like listening to music in the living room. And I decided to go to bed. And then as I was walking up the stairs, I heard it come on. And I like ran back down the stairs. I opened the door. A bit like, you know, the guy from Seinfeld. What's he called? Kramer. Kramer. Like Seinfeld. I like, opened it up. And then I kind of like mimed to Fiction Factory. <laughs> like, all the first verse and the chorus. And my friends were drunk in the like heaven. Yeah, we had a big sing-along. And uh, they just found it really funny that I kind of did this where I pretended I was singing the song. Uh I just personally have very good, like, fond memories of it, and I just, I kind of like it. I think it's a good pop song. I like the way the bass kind of, you can hear the gears moving in the bass as he, like, during the chorus, and there's those little pops and things, and I, I just, I really like it. This chorus works. The verses are on, you know, you can understand the lyrics. Are, I, I don't know if particularly the lyrics are good, but you can, you know, the way he delivers them is so, like, ever this closer now today. You know, it's like he's got this kind of, atmospheric cinematic kind of way of singing which is just easy to ape so yeah i like it i was not expecting you to say that james um considering how poorly you both thought this album was going to be or stated that it was going to be i thought that would be one of your clangers but yeah i i quite liked it i think it was yeah it was it was it was just quite oh it stuck in there you know it kept kept me going I mean, but I was like here nor there. That wasn't massive for me. Mal? I feel the same as you, Louis. Uh, Neither here nor there. Again, forgettable. No traction. I just feel like it didn't go anywhere. Um, I I said it sounded like something else, potentially Spandau Ballet, but I didn't. Well, a quote from when this song came out was, the critics said, the song Spandau Ballet would kill for. Yeah, so, so there you go. Oh, it's a nice backhanded compliment to the old yeah. fan out there, isn't it? But uh, 
because um, they've got lots of hits. So I don't really know why mm. that needs to be said. But yeah, mm. I guess it sounds like them, I guess. It's actually my second Hall of Fame. Oh, he's come throwing in hard. Because I also, yeah, you know, this is, you know, if you listen to that, if you listen to that song, you say, what decade is that from? Just scream in the 80s, right? And I've got that personal connection with it. So, yeah, um, I'm just going to stick it in the Hall of Fame. For similar reasons to you, Louis, that it's just representative of the era. Like it. And I like, like it. it. People getting on my wavelength. Finally, this is good. This is good, Mal. I presume Absolutely it's uh, no. Yeah, there's no, there's no um, being being thrown, not even being twitched. Okay, me um, on head, hopefully over eyes and over <laughs> ears. Yeah. <laughs> Reflex and the politics of dancing. Mm-hmm. The politics of ooh, feeling good. Politics of yeah. Yeah? yeah, everyone's singing. Everyone's singing that. Yeah, everyone's singing with me. What was that? What was that? Song? No, sorry. What was it? What was it? Are you asking that genuinely? I don't know. I don't know what it. What, what was it? Was it anything? Uh, I thought you were trying to be quite Bowie esque. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, but not getting there really. Um, yeah. and there's two references to Bowie there as well because he mentions Station to Station. And he mentioned it under pressure. Ah, uh, yeah. What's that? What's that saying? Imitation is the best form of flattery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but not it's not flattering. This song. Imitation is the best form of flatlining. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they pay us nothing for. Um, catchy chorus, though. Come on, that was quite. A, you know, like. What do you mean? You, get, you can't. Even if you don't like it, you can say it's catchy. Come on. No, I didn't think it was catchy. I mean, I think the, the, it's catchy to say the Polo Dukes are dancing like this, but it's yeah. just like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm thinking to myself, what, rather than write a song about the actual politics of dancing, <laughs> you just say the politics of dancing. It's like, I'm going to write a song about racism, but I'm just going to say the Polo Dukes are racism or the politics of. <laughs> well, the reason he didn't write that is because it didn't work very well. And Robotics of Dancing works much better. What are the politics of dancing? I don't know because the lyrics are terrible. Well, you know, the the politics of dancing is about, you know, and I quote, the sentiment of the song being really about the power of when people come together and express themselves through dancing and letting go. And now, James, what a lovely thought, eh? It's not even clear in the song. (laughs) I know, it's rubbish, isn't it? Because politics is good and bad. That's just like... Why don't you say the joy of dancing? Mm. That'd be better. No, it's not sophisticated. The politics of dancing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's highbrow. It's highbrow. It's Bowie. It's Bowie, right? Like, oh, it's Bowie. Yeah, this is the economist of (laughs) 80s music. The new statesman. The new (laughs) (laughs) statesman. Garbage. (laughs) Uh, yeah 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 Uh, one more quote just before we move on because this is just brilliant I don't know if you have you ever watched the Bross documentary on the S4 yeah Marita this week just sit and get a cup of tea so hour and a half I'm not even I'm just going to tell all our listeners to watch it because my god it's like watching Brent for an hour and a half it's, it's pure 
I don't think the producers knew what they had, Jim, did they? Yeah, it's meant to be. A re- it's a real documentary for the brothers from Bros, eighties pop group. They they talk in a way that's so they're so unaware of how stupid they sound. Yeah, it's it's sublime. It is sublime. You can't make it up a lot of it, right? Like there's the no. bit where he's like walking towards a plane. He's getting on a plane. He's like, you know, I always fly British Airways. They always make me feel welcome. I'm like part of the family and all this sort of stuff. And they get to the door. She's like, you can't board yet. Please go back to your seat. And he just like, he just like, how did that happen? Uh, I couldn't time it any better. Oh, wow. It's full of yeah, like, I mean, you know, if you think like writers sweat months writing like a half an hour script and these yeah. lot are just coming up with it. Um, well, including your friend and mine, Paul Fishman, who is uh, the uh, official songwriter for Reflex. And I'll just quote uh, what he said about writing this song. This song was probably inspired by a train or something I'd read. Says <laughs> it all, man. Says it all. By a train or something you've read. <laughs> what? By a train or something he'd read. Something, so, I, somewhere in his life he read something. Ruined, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, but I don't see how the politics of dancing could be inspired by a train. Really? No. Wow. So, oh, so I, yeah. Um, the only other thing I thought is that Paul Fishman could be in your class, Marita, with Paul Young. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's got no, it's too interesting of a surname, Fishman. Fishman? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not like John Smith or Paul Young. I don't know, though. Yeah. I, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Um, I also wrote that down, and your name constantly gets. Uh, changed to Mauritius when I try to type it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what. Well, you know, Google needs to get get on with it. Yeah. Um, but I thought that maybe we could have like a class photo of a couple of the bands. Yeah. Like, at the end, we could do like now we've got the the perfect pop star, but we've got maybe like yeah. a sort of NAI youthful version of all the the ones we want to put in a class. I, like I mean, it. maybe we want to put a class of now. The next song, the next person on, we're going to talk about. Maybe we want to put him in the classroom. Let's get to it. Thomas Dolby with Hyperactive. And my God, wasn't it? Wasn't it Hyperactive? Uh, Marita, I want you to go first, please. The only thing I had to say about it was that at the start it had a good wind instrument, like uh, like a saxophone or something that went pretty hard, um, and then it went quickly downhill from there. I don't think it was uphill anyway, was it? Oh wow, no. I mean, I mean, I he put me on thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you somewhere, yeah. Yeah. and then quickly. Uh, the yeah, that was coming from a hole. It was only going further <laughs> down into the Earth's core, I think. Not- yeah. I find it really difficult to talk about tracks that I don't like or think that they go anywhere. I mean, that. Mm. I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's just an mm. quite. Cool. I thought it was like the musical equivalent of having a mental breakdown. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like, it is kind of like Ron Seal. It does what it says on the tin. It's hyperactive. It's over... 
it's just a song made by a five-year-old. Like, I, I, there's just, it's hectic. It's shit. But sometimes, <laughs> good. You know, um, things going on at once, but somehow it works. Yeah, but that's not like it's, that's. I guess Radiohead could be a bit like that, and they're mm. amazing. Um, but yeah, like James said, like this is another one for the classroom. Thomas Shelby, like it's just the kid who's got undiagnosed ADHD <laughs> or something. Like it's absolutely like off the wall bat, like hyperactive. Like James, anything to add on our? Our good friend Thomas. Oh, a few things. I, I was just thinking that it's kind of music they should play in Guantanamo Bay. They still do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely dreadful. It reminded me of um, our song Get Out Your Lazy Bed by Matt Bianco. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, great. That's the ilk, isn't it? That's oh, the yeah. ilk. Watch the, watch the video and you'll soon hate Thomas Dolby. Yep. He's, he's zany. Zany in that. Well, aren't I mad? I'm playing oh, yeah. along with my nose. Oh, oh yes. You know, it's like, you're a moron, mate. And, um, and did you see this thing about, he said he wrote it for Michael Jackson. Yeah. Right. And then he said, he sent it over to Michael Jackson and Michael Jackson never wanted it or just never replied. Yeah. It's like, if you think that song's good enough for Michael Jackson, <laughs> you should be in a mental asylum. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, how confident is he? So the story with that is that he was recording the video, the wacky zany video next door in the studio next door to Michael Jackson. So obviously they might have like had a little chat or something and he was writing the song at the time of filming uh, a different video. And then he thought, oh, yeah, maybe Michael will like that, you know, because now I've got this new friend. And uh, his quote is that he said in the end it wasn't appropriate for the new album that he was doing. That was Michael Jackson's response. But that was what Thomas Tolby said. And then actually the real thing is he never got any feedback. <laughs> he just got ghosted. Yeah, so straight in the bin. And I think just Jackson be just being like, yeah, yeah, send it through. Yeah, definitely take a look. Yeah, it's been like, sounds great. Yeah, sure. Stringing him along. Stringing him along. Yeah. No, this um, e-fit that we're putting together. I don't want to mm, too soon, but I will say, Google Images Thomas Dolby's glasses could. Oh, let's take, have a look. I don't know. You know the tiny circular ones. Oh, I like it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a ventriloquist dummy that's in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I had the glasses then. Zany. The, oh, he's yeah, yeah. No. No, um, and just to add insult to injury, the uh, it's taken from an album called The Flat Earth. Oh, and you know, I, and you know, I wanted to go in a sort of alt right direction with this <laughs> podcast, so I think uh, you know Thomas might be our figurehead frontman to uh, <laughs> to promote these uh, truthful leanings. Um, I think yeah, does what it says on the tin. Uh, it's a load of shit. That should be the name of our alt-right podcast, Truthful Leanings. <laughs> <laughs> Truthful Leanings. And how, I just go over imagine like pictures of clouds, like sort of... Chemtrails. Chemtrails. We've go. got the material. We've got the knowledge. We've got the knowledge. If you go there. Oh, uh, should we consign it to... Um, the Abyss. The Abyss. The Immortal Hell. The Flat Earth. Um, the Flat Earth confines the Flat Earth. All right, leave me on. Ch- in a crisis, wishful 
thinking now as per I'm just going to have to listen to it because it was that forgettable we have to talk about it this time that you go along round here okay so James talk me through this China crisis that we're all enduring and <laughs> that, uh, you know why might it be wishful thinking from them I thought we were, gonna, we're going back into the old right podcast it slowly until it divulges into it yeah, I really didn't like this song. I just felt it like went nowhere. I, it sounds like you got a Future Island song, you shaved off all the actual edgy and good bits, and then just made it dull. Uh, and I, I want it sound like it sounds like Future Islands to me. Don't I, mean, I, I think it's an insult to them. Such yeah. an insult. No, but I'd love to hear Future Islands do a version of this where it's like genuinely good because I think they could like pull it off. But as it is, I just think it's really rubbish. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it sounds maybe good. I'll. Cool. When when we do our live show, I'll do a few trialings version of this this song. Only if you do the dancing as well. well <laughs> my, my knees might fall apart. But, um, <laughs> yeah, just just next time you listen, just say just imagine that it's the what's he called called the guy from Few Trialings singing it, and just imagine how much better it'd be. I think it sounds like a like a royalty free karaoke backing track from like a band, <laughs> you know, that sort of like just very Casio keyboard again, just going away, and then you just sing. Today is going to be the day that I'm going to throw it back to you, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's rubbish. Uh, you know, before they were churning uh, dirge out like this, uh, they could be described as. A politically charged post-punk band influenced by Brian Eno. She's got this all. We're bringing a lot of people into it. Yeah, we're bringing them down. Yeah, keep everybody out of it. Keep I saw somebody from Roxy Music. Uh, China out of it. Anything. <laughs> yeah, rubbish. Roxy Music. If what? The guy from Roxy Music produced the album, but not like Eno. I mean, Eno was only in Roxy Music for a while. Sure. But, um, yeah. yeah. Um, quick quiz question before we move on from the crisis in China. Um, if they were to have toured China, not that they were popular there, what would they change their name to? <laughs> China Greatness, of course. Ha, ha, ha. All right, let's oh. move on. Let's move on. Let's move um, on. Sorry, I did not say anything about that, but also kind of don't really have enough. Sorry about it. No, it's fine. Don't worry. Um, just going off what you said about it being backing tracks, karaoke. Have you ever been in? <laughs> have you ever been like a cash and carry, and they don't have the rights to play the actual song? Yeah, they have somebody that sounds like they've recorded it in the toilet. Yeah, it's just you know, blaring over. Yeah, poor minimum wage staff who've heard that. Three song loop a thousand times. Clean up on aisle four, Gary. Oh, <laughs> my life. I have to listen to this again and again and again. Yeah. Well, it's like it's, 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 it's like lift music. We're getting dangerously close to right. the music, lift music. Yeah, now back. Mm. Yeah. Right back around and- Schindler's Safeways supermarkets. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, I think we, we let's 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 fly out of China and yeah. right back into, I presume, well maybe it was America, maybe it was London, uh, for another big name, David Bowie, Modern Love. Uh, Marita, do you want to 
start us off? Yeah. It's impossible not to move whilst listening to that track. You know, your hips are going, your shoulders are shaking. It's a phenomenal song. I'm not even sure it's a love song, uh, considering it's called Modern Love. Do you like the lyric? I don't believe in modern love. And I wonder what that meant at the time, because it certainly does not mean bloody dating apps, does it? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a phenomenal song. Um, not really much else to say. Very Bowie-esque. Uh, Dancey, one of his best songs, dare I say it? Wow. I'm not sorry, I'm not out of all the songs I know by him, definitely top five. Wow, that's huge, man. Yeah. It's um, a great song. Where's your beanie right about now? <laughs> it's not beanie. It's, it's, not, it's not about beanie here, not, is it? Nah, you know, sorry. You've got you've got you've got your just a general Bowie beanie on. It's not it's <laughs> it's just not the yeah. the, the doffing beanie. Yeah. Um of course. Um produced by Nile Rogers, anyone? Oh, of course. That's why you can't stop moving to it. Of course. Of course. Um, James? I love this song too. Um, I think, you know, if you if you know your Bowie albums, you know, everybody's got their own favourite Bowie album. Um, <clears throat> I think mine, mine probably is Let's Dance, which is this is from. It's got Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar, which is amazing because it's before Stevie Ray Vaughan became more of a, you know, world-renowned blues guitarist. And from what I can recall at this time, Bowie's just in this mood of like, I get the best producer, I get the best uh, musicians I know from all over the world. Mm. And we, we, you know, we make great music. And I've always been a massive fan of this kind of what you call like blue-eyed soul Bowie. You know, this is, you know, China Girl, Let's Dance, Modern Love, this version of Bowie that's like funky and poppy. Mm. I mean, I like the other versions of Bowie too, but this this... That kind of uh, Bowie really, I love it. And same with Young Americans, you know, from uh, yeah. about you know, eight, eight years earlier. That that version of Bowie, that's that's my favorite. So yeah, this this song is just absolutely brilliant. And I saw that like uh, he asked Al Rogers make me a hit, and that's what he did. And there's nobody better in the world to ask to make me a hit than Wow. Um, that's so cool. yeah, absolutely brilliant song. Absolutely fantastic. I'm. Betting it's, easy. I'm betting it's two Hall of Famers right there. He's Damn right. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you both. It's not mine. So, <laughs> you know, that's absolutely fine. That's fine. It's not my favorite Bowie song. Again, I think I've been a bit sort of songs like artists that I'd probably quite like. I'm getting a little bit like, oh, you know, what I'm going to do here. Um, this is this is what this is Louis' Wake Up in the Night song. This is when I wake up in the night. I was sitting in it in my head. Church on time, God out flowers in church on time. You know, makes me yeah. So that was just coming to me at all hours of Saturday night. Um, but yeah, I do, I like it. I don't love it. See, it's just an earworm for you. Just an earworm for me, as are all of them really, because I listen to it too much, and then it just goes into my my deep recesses of my subconscious, waking me up at four in the morning. You know. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy with it. I think it was an interesting meaning. I think it was about like um, sort of re- the, like the battle of religion versus love in maybe modern love, as you know, as we can vaguely put it. You know, I want to say bisexuality, perhaps. I want to say maybe oh, yeah. being religious 
when you're younger, you know, around your family, like in the overtones that might have had. So I don't know. That's what it's very open to interpretation. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think like I saw this like review that said that, uh, like a reviewer in Rolling Stone said, I'd give a hundred space oddities for the elegant cliche twisting at the climax of modern love, the most daring songwriting of Bowie's career. I wouldn't agree with I that. That's I wouldn't agree that's with that, that. Right? And I think no, Space Oddities is a great song. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think Bowie for me, and I, again, I, I'm not, my knowledge isn't good with Bowie, but what I like is stuff like Space Oddity because I've never heard anything quite like it. And I think, yeah, this, I sort of, this is not really Bowie for me. I think it is a good song and I can see why people like it, but it's not why I like Bowie, I think. Let's say. Quick fire question. Please. What's your favourite Bowie song? Music for a Free Festival. Okay. Maybe Young Americans. Okay. You? Queen Bitch. Excuse me? From the thumbnail's face when she says that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was really quite sombre as well. Queen Bitch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me, me. That's just me. I'm just Queen Bitch. All right. <laughs> no, it's fantastic song. I think E.E. Pop wrote it. Mm. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. One last little factoid about it. Yeah. Um, who did he re-record this song with for a commercial for Pepsi? He um, recorded something Pepsi. Yeah. Oh, re- so I'll just describe what happens in it. He plays a scientist who creates the perfect woman, brackets, this singer. uh, And it's all with a little help from your friend of mine, Pepsi. Um, um, Is it a fella or a lady? A clue is we've had them already on Tina Turner. Bang. In one. Wow. Well done. Yeah. Can I just talk about Pepsi for a minute? Me and my friend, uh, one of my best mates, we... We jokingly talk about the Pepsi generation quite a lot. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever heard, but Michael Jackson did a song uh, yeah, I remember Billie that. Jean yeah. called Pepsi Generation, where it's like Billie Jean bracings Pepsi Generation. And we kind of jokingly talk about Pepsi Generation as if it's like a real sociological fact. Yeah. But we, tr- we just talk shit basically and just say like, when did the Pepsi Generation die? Who's the greatest person of the Pepsi generation? And we just really enjoyed making up all this stupid shit. Yeah. So, like, we even talked about, like, oh, yeah, have you heard about the Pepsi Sea Scrolls? About <laughs> another Dead Sea Scrolls, but it's the Pepsi Sea Scrolls. <laughs> and um, we made up the founder of Pepsi called Joe F. Pepsi. And uh, he's, like, a, a great man who's been, like, a guiding hand behind America for 40 years and stuff. So... I'm really interested in the fact that Bowie sang like a Pepsi song because I wasn't aware of that. So I need to look into this and uh, feed our bullshit about Pepsi. Um, it doesn't feel very you know, way, does it? Doing a no, Pepsi. No. Yeah. But then more recently, we've had Kylie Jenner try and stop racism with Pepsi, didn't she we? That backfired yeah. immensely. What did she try and do? Sorry. Why not? She fos- she's. Stopped a riot though with Pepsi. With Pepsi, to be fair. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, yes. <laughs> Trill learn from that, so we can all learn. It's lots to learn. 
Moving on to a, a favourite of the Nows, seemingly, with another culture club. It's a miracle. Now, Boy George is all over these albums. Something of the years, something of the times. But personally, I'm getting a little bit bored. I'm getting a little bit bored of Boy George at this point. And I know I think Karma Chameleon was one of my tops, but that's it. That's it for me. Um, so I don't really know what he's got on Richard David Branson, but, um, it, I, you know, I feel like there's too much of, uh, you know, they must be signed to EMI or Virgin, right? Coming up this much. Because this is a bad song. This is a bad song, isn't it, Mal? Um, it's a miracle it made it on the compilation, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She's only half an hour to prepare and she's coming up all of that policing us. Yeah, I I did know it didn't really get very far or again, like every other track on here, well, almost every other track on here really gained any traction. Um it, I said it was quite fun and maybe a bit upbeat, but that's that's the best I can say about it. I think I agree with you now, Mel, that his I mean, his voice is getting in a, he's getting away with that voice a bit now. I think you don't, you said that before. I think you yeah. know, I'm getting a bit like mm, this is getting a little bit hairy. And I think I think that it's not about the voice for Boy George. You know, he is the pop star, and that is all that matters. I don't. And I'm all right with that. But I think, yeah, I think the voice isn't James. The voice isn't James. Certainly, it's not your voice, James. Your voice is an angel. But honestly, this song is so irritating. I, I like this. It's like he phoned a song in. Like he gets to the chorus in 21 seconds and he's got a verse before that. Write a verse before you get to the chorus first, man. It's a miracle. It's, it's a so bad. It's, it's boring. He says at the end, dreams are made of emotions. That to me is like love, laugh, live, or whatever. Live, laugh, yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad. What does that mean? It's rubbish. And here's my quiz for you. How many times in the song does he say it's a miracle? 63. Um, 28? 37 times they say oh. it's a miracle. And that constitutes about 90% of the song. <laughs> and I hate it. I hate this song. I hate so it. That's such a strong word. Oh, it's just, it drive, it like, again, a song for Guantanamo, unfortunately. Like, it would drive me off the edge. Is it your uh, idea of torture? Joe, yes. that's out of interest, um, did you count those with your fingers yes. or did you like look at the lyrics and put them in an Excel spreadsheet and do equal counts? Counted. Yeah. I, I'm able to count 37. I'm nearly 37, so I'm able to count 37. So you, it's a miracle uh, for each year of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, um, I counted them and I was that irritated I counted them because I was so tired mm. of this man telling me the dreams were made of emotions and that uh, it was a miracle. Mm. This is not a miracle. It's always a miracle. miracle. The lyrics are terrible. That's It's a miracle he's carried on being so famous after such a rib I like that finger wag as well. There was a little wag in there, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's definitely with his flat cap Yorkshire cap on. Um, yeah. He had Karma Chameleon, we yeah. all doffed our cap, whatever type of cap. Great song. And I do think <sighs> Do You Really Want to Hurt Me is a I like that a lot, song. Yeah. yeah. But just since then, I mean, like, you made a career off that, honestly. Like, But then I've got to no. say that 
it's not about the songs anymore. It's about the person here. Yeah. Mm. And a hundred percent, hundred percent. Look, this is not about the music. This is about a man dressing so androgynously or to the point of looking like a woman, a traditional view of what a woman looks like. And I think good fucking on the boat. Like I'm so here for that. I'm so here for people doing that in the eighties. And you know, he doesn't give a fuck. This guy doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck that his voice is shit, but I'm going to dress like this and I'm going to go and do what I fucking want. And you know what? You're going to pay me a lot of money to do it. So good fucking on the lad. Um, I, there was the audacity. Huh? The audacity. The, yeah, again. He's, he's, he's brilliant. Um, so I'm, I, I think I've got a lot of love for Boy George, but maybe not for the two songs that we don't. But for two songs we like, but not the rest of the tunes. Um. It's like the audacity to say it's a miracle 37 times. Yeah. And look, people are lapping it up. Um, the uh, the now defunct, I presume, because I've never heard of this uh, outfit that review music, Cashbox. Have you heard of that? No. Uh, they seem to come up a lot when I look these things up. Anyway, Cashbox called the song a perfect example of British adopted American R&B. Mm. Would you say so? Mm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's why Cashbox is no longer with us. <laughs> because they just didn't really know what a genre was. Yeah. Okay. Good. Another massive name. Another massive name and maybe quite a strange song of theirs. Rolling Stones, Under Cover of the Night. James, you want to start us off? Uh, maybe Mouse just starts. I really don't have much to say about this song. Mm. I said that I thought the intro slapped. Slapped. Like that. Well, well, well. So cool. And like kind of sexy as well. Can a song be sexy? Um, bam, bam, we like very cool. And um, the way it builds. You could just see Mick swaying like that. Yeah, like you you. Yeah. Little twig legs. Oh, it's so twiggy. Um, he's old. Oh, I love it. You know why I think I might like it? Listening again right now. Yeah. Sounds a bit like someone galloping on a horse. <laughs> and do you know what? As you've been saying that, you've been nodding like you've been. I think, like, can you do a podcast, go riding from the next one, just constantly? <laughs> just my head. Yeah, just a head. Okay, quite a lot of feedback, but, you know. Um, <laughs> be worth it. No, I, I I enjoyed it immensely. Pretty long. It felt quite long. It was quite, it was quite oh, long. It's they did that kind of thing where they've obviously started getting a little bit funky in the back end of the studio, and they sort of got to sort of slow it down, and then we're going to start it right back up, a bit like yeah. using the decks, yeah? yeah, using the vinyl, and then recording it. And it's a bit like, oh, oh, we're going again. Oh, oh, we are going again. Okay, yep, yeah. Um, maybe a better question to ask you, James, would be what other songs would be good on horseback? <laughs> and I don't think oh, you could songs. say any song. Running up that hill by Key Bush. Very good. <laughs> I'd actually say one of the songs coming up would be quite good on that. Okay. Uh, well, I, I just, do you know this song's about political corruption in Central America and South America? It is, yeah, it is. It's mm. quite, it's quite highly charged, which is not their usual forte, I think. Yeah, from what I can read, it's like Jagger was into it, 
Richards was a bit like, I'd rather just still talk about rock and roll. Yeah. And yeah. maybe stick to what you know, eh? Mm. I'm not really a Stones guy. I like some of their songs. Mm. So this, this, I was already a little bit cold to this. I mean, I still think they're a great band, don't get me wrong. But no. um, yeah, it just didn't really do much to me. I think it's one of those things where I probably need to give it more time and listen to it a few more times to really see if I... It's definitely one of the better things we have on these things generally. But yeah, I think like not my favourite Stones song. Didn't really strike all of me. But like, I do really like the Stones. I think as I get older, I like the Stones more and more. And I think my family were yeah. kind of like, if there is that classic thing, and maybe it isn't a thing, but like you had the a Beatles family and a Rolling Stones family, or, you know, like people are quite split, right? And I think oh, I was yeah. definitely a Beatles family. Like I was, grew up watching like Yellow Submarine on like, had a video of that. I used to watch that all the time. And so I think I've been a bit Beatles, but I, as I get older, I don't love the Beatles less, but I've got into the Rolling Stones and like them a lot more. Um, and I'm very much, again, with all of these things, got a few songs that I like and I like them. And actually I really like them. But yeah, I think this wasn't one of those ones for me. Um, I heard Beast of Burden for the first time last week. No, I was oh, that was a great song. Yeah, that song. Love that song. It's like one of my. That's actually my favourite. I think. Nice. How do you feel about Emotional Rescue? I don't know that one. It's a concept, um, or is like, it like no, no. <laughs> yeah, song, Emotional Rescue. I only found only heard it maybe about three years ago. And I think it's like my top listen to track. Afterwards, two thousand nineteen or whatever. Well, if you're going around calling yourself Queen Bitch, I think you do need some emotional rescue. Man. <laughs> I'm also interested because uh, Louis said you're either a Beatles or Rolling Stones family. Personally, I was a Roxy Music family. Oh, well, that was so. That I'm very happy that you indoctrinated me in that. What was your what was your family tune like? What was your family band? Gosh. Um, Our other one was Oasis. So it's from Beatles to Oasis. That's good. It's natural. I know my mum listened to quite a lot of Paul Simon oh, when I was little. Graceland. Um, Graceland, that album. We had the tape in the car. Oh. I remember the day that it got all garbled. And, yeah. Oh, no. That's Foil. a sad day, isn't it? That's a yeah. I wish I heard that, that album earlier. I didn't hear that album until I was like 18 or 19. I was like, where's this been all my life? I... I heard that for the very, very first time. Obviously, I'd heard You Can Call Me Al before, but didn't really put two and two together. But I heard Diamonds on the Soles of Your Shoes in none other than my music GCSE exam, which is, wow. which is quite a big reveal because I am not musically talented. So I managed – you can get through that without reading music. Did you know that? That's, that no. shouldn't be allowed, should it? Um, <laughs> so – but, I, you know, I love – fiddling around music anyway the point is they played it and they said oh and there was some question about it and how you identify what genre it is or something but i just remember hearing it going this is amazing i love it i love the mm -hmm. the african choir i love then suddenly the, the little guitar the thing so good um, yes just brilliant and um i remember so this is and this is also not true what I'm telling you is true, but I see you went, oh yeah, and a little fact about that. First CD ever printed. And I was, and I've told people that so many times, and it's just not true. I looked it up mm. recently, and it's it's not that. But now, what I, is it? I can't remember because it's 
Video Kill the Radio Star is the first video played, isn't it? On uh, yeah, on MTV. What was the first CD? Yeah. Anyone take a guess? I don't know. When oh, is Philips that made the first CD in collaboration oh. with Sony, right? I think. It's B- Billy Joel. I thought it'd be later than... Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah, and that's so rubbish. Sony and CBS, yeah. Oh, I thought okay. Philips were involved. Okay. Maybe I'm mistaking it with... Dire Straits. Coming up in CDs. Dire Straits, the first CD, sell a million copies. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right, because my stepdad was telling me that he went first bought his CD and it was Brother in Arms by Dire Straits, and there was one other, and I was like, oh, wow, that's for two really good CDs to start your collection. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. That's cool. It is cool. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's not Paul Simon's Graceland, anyway. That's a shame. Great album. But unfortunately, we're not talking about Paul, we're talking about Nick, not. and we're talking about Keith, yeah. and we're talking about the other two. And uh, <laughs> God rest there in their bed because they're all still alive, aren't they? Yep. Still going. Ronnie, what? Ronnie Wood? Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. Yeah. Came. Did he get married recently? Or he had another baby? Or is that Mick Jagger? Jagger. They're all it still at it. They're all shagging, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they're having a few tumbles. Um, <laughs> that's definitely their era of word, maybe. Uh, a tumble. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Is Charlie Watts dead drummer? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I watched Spinal Tap again recently. It's just as good as it always was. Just such good pastiche. Um, great movie. Great movie. Um, moving on. Big Country, Wonderland. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. It was beefy. It was about four five different things going on at different points, right? It was like sort of 90, like a naughty sort of indie band guitar. Then it was like a Hawkwind, like rock guitar. And like U2 vocals, you know, and then like, you know what? The chorus wasn't very poppy and it was just all thrown together. Scottish, beefy, loved it. James? Do you know on Al Partridge where there's that bit where Michael talks, Michael's a Geordie? Yeah. And I just goes, that's just noise. <laughs> um, and that's what I had in my head when I heard it. I was just like, I think there's a good song underneath the song. You know what yeah. I mean? But it just, to me, and I'm not an audio engineer, but it sounds poorly mixed. I can't tell what he's saying. And like, you know, like you're saying, there's so many layers of guitars and it's just kind of like a mulch. Yeah. And I think. It feels like there's some pop hooks underneath that are interesting. Are you just saying that well, Scottish or no? No, <laughs> that's what you're implied by the Michael because it's from Newcastle. Yeah, but I don't know. It just it just sounded like I'd like a clearer mix of this song so I can actually okay. hear what he's saying and make out the guitar parts because it just sounds a lot too stuck together to me at the moment. Wing. Mm. Lovely. I'm, I mean, I'm listening again now. I quite like it. I thought it went somewhere and stayed there, Tom. which is not what any, well, not many of the other tracks have done. I am a woman. 
you know, it's quite, it's quite, and then it just changes into a sort of quite, you just go, ah, oh, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's where did it go? Where did it go? Where did it stay? Where did it not go? I think is more the question. I think, yeah, probably. Yeah. It'd be great. I was thinking it'd be great on a, in like, um, on a road trip. Yeah, that's got those Yeah, so on a horse? Not on a horse. It's not country. Not... That kind of vibe. I think it's quite good. Yeah. Oh no, it's not the it's not the rhythm for a horse. Not the rhythm. Um, oh. Submarine. <laughs> um, <laughs> unicycle. I think you need like a van or yeah, like a with a large window screen. Pull the windows down. Or maybe a motorbike. It's freedom vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, motorbike would work. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I quite enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a Hall of Famer. Oh, it's mine. It's my third. Loved it. Loved wow. it so much that I'm going to invest more time in the band's big country as well. Oh, I okay. think what's happening to me is I'm becoming that middle-aged white person music we described earlier. I've gone away from like challenging and interesting bands like Radiohead and getting into this sort of soft rock that has just been missing in my life. All this time, birds of paradise, big country. You know, I, I like it. It's good fun, but that's good, isn't it? That, that's a really good thing about us doing this podcast is that we're discovering yeah. new things, and there's definitely there's a warmth to some of these songs, even if they're quite middle of the road. That's just kind of comforting. So yeah, sure. go for it. And we're making friends along the way. Exactly. Yeah, and discovering new artists. Exactly. So I mean, if you just exist in a van. You'd probably listen to Matt Bianco on a unicycle. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a new segment. What mode of transport? Yeah. What would you listen to uh, Thomas Dolby on? <sighs> Maybe a, a tricycle that's too small for you while wearing a straight jacket. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be put down a hill in a padded room. Yeah. You know. You know when you go to the fairground and they sit on those teacups and they spin. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> and you're just, being, you're just being sick on your own face and flying around as the the vomit just keeps hurling back in the sauce. Some beef not attached, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just you're just generally sticky. <laughs> um, oh, very good. Slade, run, run away. Yes? Yeah? God help me. God help me. Go? Yeah, of course you can go. Always go. In his back. I mean, it's that's like, like jig on crack. That's a horse. Really, really weird. Huh? Really bizarre. It sounds like an Irish jig, and then it veers into like kind of. It's because it's got an electric violin. Right. It veers into something like semi darknessy. It calls back. So proggy, rocky. You know, like. Oh. Oh. Good fun, man. That's oh, good. Lovely guitar impression. But isn't that that's like definition air guitar? Like you've got the beat, and then it's like, feel good. You know, James, you like it's like you've turned into like a dad of 
sixties called Mondeo. And I'm uh, owning it. I'm owning it. I I'd really do like this song. Um I to me he's like Slade, you know, they're a very seventies band in my eyes. And I imagined Noddy Holder, who's from Birmingham, be like, All right guys, we've got a drum machine, you know, we've got to go figure out how to play a drum machine to stay up with the kids. And also, it's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Um, <laughs> the Christmas one is running dry, so I need to get a drum machine. That's what all the boys listen to now. <laughs> and then he still like just chucked the guitar on it, and it, it it starts at one minute twenty-two. That's too much of the drum machine and guitar for me. It sounds like a shit Cotton Eye Joe and that shit. That's what I wrote. And then I wrote, it sounds like a like dreadful that. campsite in the 80s where it's nap <laughs> and you're not having a good time. Yeah. And all the adults are maybe up and dancing to it, to it be just like, what the fuck is this? Um, and, yeah, and the so, children are linking arms and like spinning each other as fast as they can around on the dance floor. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a it's, dark memory of British history, this song. And some me. magical trolls appear from their Shirish dwelling and it all, you know, it all happens. It's all under the pagan rituals. Oh, oh. I didn't like this song. Is this a is song? This, is this a song? Is it? It's just noise and fucking uh, ludicrous lyrics. What genre is it? What, what do your mates at the magazine that went under, got, what have they got to say? Uh, they... Dog mugs or whatever they're called. Dog mugs. You can't smoke. <laughs> my, my mates as well. I had to go to the archives of cash mugs. Um, they didn't have much to say on it, although there's a lot of interpretation about what it's about. But you know I'm not going to bore you with it. I'm not going to bore you with it. Um, do, do you think have it pegged as a particular genre? Because me, it's not. Well, it's, it's just rock, rock, isn't it? It's just rock. But what's the jiggy bit? What's the like, fully sounds like Cotton Eye Joe or like, mm. you, you just like fallen sideways into an Irish dancing tournament yeah. and then to <laughs> <laughs> <a> darkness gig. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if you've got a crush, don't beat about the bush. doesn't even rhyme. Oh, um, yeah, he goes, see there, chameleon, lying there in the sun, all things to everyone, run, run away. Oh, it's just, ah, I don't mind it. It's a lot. School disco song. It's, yeah, PGL, um, yeah, sneaking your first kiss. Oh, let's not get into that again. Oh, uh, damn. Uh, your first kiss. Like not mine. Yeah, yeah. Marita, uh, yeah. any luck with that? It's not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Try it. You will let us know, won't you? Like a shell, yeah. Now you've got time. Now you've got modern love to teach you a thing. Modern love, cheating <laughs> with confidence, <laughs> and it feels like heaven. I mean, look, if you were feeling down and you were, you know, in lucky in love, would you say your heartbreak playlist? And you wanted to, after you're dwelling in the sadness, put that on, and even you will have a little wry smile go because even. What would you do if that came on in it? Or it wasn't like you were already listening to good music in a place that you were. There was shit music mm. going on, and then this came on, and it's like everyone's, everyone else is dancing to it. Would you go? I'm out for a fag, or would you? Hundred percent, be dipping for a fag. Yeah, but you've already you just, you've just had five in the last <laughs> minute, so you can't have another one. <laughs> I'd call the bomb threat. 
<laughs> I'll pull See the fire there, bomb on the floor. Yeah, everyone's having a good time. It doesn't really matter. They'll just, they'll, just, they'll just keep singing through it. It's like one of those things that, you know, like in a zombie film when you just shoot him and shoot him and shoot him and they're just not dying. He's going, See there, chameleon. And it's just like incessant and they're just coming for you, all marching. Yeah. Da, 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 da. You know, it's just going to never end. They also, there's an element of psychosis. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the wing next to uh, Thomas Dolby. Um, okay, last two. Um, Duran Duran, New Moon on Monday. I'll start by asking you a question. I, more of a statement, I'd like a vote to veto any more Duran Duran songs completely. Here, here, I concur. James? In the interest of the integrity of the project, I am going to veto. But I totally know what you're saying, and I've written down a rant about Duran Duran. So, yes, I don't think we can ever skip a song because we are dedicated to the now CDs, project. vinyls, projects, aura, zeitgeist life that we do, we doth live now. But. James, give us your rant, lad. Oh, uh, just, uh, you know, I grew up thinking, I, I always got this feeling like Duran Duran, like a faux intellectual band, because they, in particular, I think they're quite good in, in song titles and in album titles. You know, they have these like, The Union of the Snake, New, towards New Moon on Monday, you know, Dance Macabre. But it's all bullshit because the music's shit. Except for Rio and Girls on Film. And I'm just a bit like bored of it. And I was looking on Wikipedia about like who actually likes Duran Duran. Mm. And it's like, oh, the Bangles, yep. Bare Naked Ladies, um, Jonathan. D you know, sometimes you read a Wikipedia, it's like, oh, they've inspired Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> You know, like some of the biggest artists or whatever, even like modern greats, like, oh, they, you know, the Smiths influenced Radiohead and they influenced Arctic Monkeys, you know, whatever. And this is just like Jonathan Davies from Corn, Goldfrap, <laughs> Panic at the Disco. I'm like, yeah, the rubbish. Um, so, yeah. Don't I just Goldfrap. No, I just Goldfrap. Oh, you big name, let's say. But and then Jonathan Dimbleby then when you said Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan Dimbleby as well oh, yeah yeah and Big like Duran Duran Simon Le Bon says oh Duran Duran are the the band to dance to when the bomb drops you know what if I have to dance these guys will <gasps> no. let the oh, bomb drop you know what I mean yeah yeah like, let the bomb yeah. drop God, damn it God. they're just rubbish a bunch of whiners. What a bunch of whiners. Yeah. Yeah, like toddlers yeah. asking and crying, oh, why can't they see me in New Moon on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> New Moon on Monday. Shut the fuck up. Sick of it. Um, that chorus is so shit. It's just so <laughs> overproduced as well. So overproduced. It's just like, there's not even an idea there. Monday. It's so on the edge of being like out of tune as well. It's yeah. just like... It is. What the fuck has let that gone through? So many people have said, "Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're happy with that. Yeah, people will like that." And well, the thing is, people do. That's yeah, the fucking right. crying shame of Duran Duran is that yeah. they're big enough that people like it. And yeah. my God, okay, lyric. Just a quick lyric for you. Shake up the picture, the lizard mixture with your dance on the Aventide. 
That's what I mean about faux intellectual. It sounds like, oh, lizard mixture. That's kind of, oh, what's he talking about? So rubbish. Lizard mixture can bring us back round to our all right podcast as well. Oh, <laughs> like it. Like oh, family. So, so, uh, so does that mean the Duran Durans are lizards or yes. they are sympathetic to the. Uh, it's the plight. The plight of the lizards, maybe. And this ties into the Cold War, this idea that the bomb Dan to Bans to Dan, Dan to Bans to when the bomb drops, the drop oh, bombs. Oh, um, end of days. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. state backed music, I think maybe the British government got commissioned them to exist. When I was looking up things about this uh, song, you know, I did stumble across a bit more of a less of a Wikipedia place and more of a a blog. And uh, you know, I, I will give a shout out to maybe I won't mention their name because maybe that's a bit cruel, but it was a blog, and they detail their video for this like frame by frame by frame oh, by frame by frame. Uh, and it is relentless. And so people do love them, is what we've got to remember. But in that reading some of it, I couldn't even do that to myself and read all of that. But apparently there's a 17-minute long video version of that song. So imagine yeah. bond jumping then. It couldn't come quick enough. No, <laughs> it made was it? Maybe so. God. Yeah. Um, how much time have people got on their hands to decode that video frame by frame by frame? I mean, really, yeah. and this is going quite far, but they should be like, lined up and shot. <laughs> like, you know, you've got you spending your spare time doing that, and you could, you know, go and help someone with like special needs, or I don't know, like do something useful, like decode an actual good video, or. Yeah, that makes me very cross. Or do a podcast about a Now album. Yeah, do something useful like a Do do something the people people want. But, you know, again, guys, devil's advocate, people love it. You know, this is it. But, yeah, I I think, honestly, if another one comes up, we can acknowledge that it's come up and we just go, no. I'm not sure James is going to agree to that. Unless it's Rio. You to or girls on film, yeah. Um, the, Even then, do you not think about Duran Duran? They always sound really synthetic. You know, I, I know they use a lot Plastic of like, rap. Ele- yeah, it's like you can use a lot of like electronic music uh, instruments, and it still sounds good, and it still sounds mm, like gives you a feeling, and it just always sounds so dry and synthetic and yeah, clunky and yeah, now. Yeah, don't like it. Duran Duran, now in lemon flavour. Yeah, just sort yeah. of still like in the box, fresh box. Yeah, yeah this is night. Try a new nighttime Duran Duran. Yeah, on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help you sleep. Yeah, your three-year-old will love your Duran Duran. Yeah, <laughs> and Rio is holiday Duran Duran. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, girls on film is the erotic eighteen-plus one for. Uh, Dads, bit of yeah. bit of blue as bit of blue for the bit, bit of blue for the dads. We might have to explain what we mean by bit of blue. Isn't that PK? Isn't it? Yeah, but obviously we've got an international audience, Louis. Oh, sorry, pornography. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, 
In England, blue is adult. Uh, oh, no, that's quite common, I think, right? To, a rotten yeah. to be associated. Yeah. XXX, but not yeah. um, strongly. Yeah. So a blue comedian would be an adult comedian, yeah. Yeah. A bit of blue. Explain that, though. A bit of blue for the boys. Um, yeah. Fuck that. Fuck Duran Duran and fuck that. Moving on. Last but definitely maybe least, Paul McCartney's Pipes of Peace, of Peace Pipes. Peepington, Pipington, Peacington. Um, it's weird, this one. I kind of feel it, it feels a bit 70s. Yeah, it feels like 10 years too late. Yeah, and also kind of semi-Christmassy. I don't know why. It was yeah. released at Christmas, yeah. Oh, was it? Anyway, it's got kind of like a... And what are those? You know when you shake and it's got the bells on it, like jingle jangle. Yep. Yeah. What are they? Uh, jingle jangle bells. Jingle jangle bells. Jingle yeah, bells. yeah. Jingle, got some of Jingle bells. Good lord, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the last one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he's got a great voice. Well, I don't know. I quite like some of his solo stuff, Paul McCartney, but yeah. this is just it's hashtag naff. Wow, hashtag naff. Yeah, I was going to say, Mal, you and I are Paul people. I think, right? We both love Paul. Well, like we, I personally, John, not a fan. George loved George. Yeah, he's had his moment. I think Paul yeah. to me is like the heart of the Beatles, and I respect him a lot. I respect the fact that he's not a dickhead and he's quite old and he's still cool and still a nice guy, and um, he's a great man for a pop song. And obviously, sometimes you hit and sometimes you miss. Personally, I'd say this is a bit of a mix, it's a bit folksy, uh-huh. a bit more like entire, right? But um, I don't, yeah, as I understand it, like the Christmas vibe is also a, the videos about the Christmas truce during World War One, um, and when they played well, supposedly played football yeah. and exchange gifts, which very, in, yeah, which also came in the Sainsbury's album, which is just a very interesting topic about because that's quite actually was quite widespread on the Western Front. Uh, pacifism uh, and I remember watching a very interesting documentary about how they sometimes had to switch units out and the, some of the units on the front line would also just like constantly talk to each other and say oh I've got cigarettes have you got this and they'd meet and exchange and things like that there's like most of the line a lot of the time was quite quiet so this kind of thing happened quite a lot which I think is really interesting in a war situation mm-hmm. and they'd say oh by the way we've been told to fire three rounds at nine o'clock, keep your head down. And wow. uh, sometimes the, uh, I remember seeing that, uh, obviously Germany obviously is a big place with different provinces and the the people in each province are quite distinguished of Bavarians and Prussians. And uh, the people, for, especially from around Hamburg, from uh, Westphalia would also not really be into doing this war because it was seen as a Prussian war. Um, and they were like, oh, by the way, we're leaving the line tomorrow and the Prussians are going to be here. So they're going to care whereas we tell and they like, actively tell the Brits while they were moving out and stuff like that and the both both uh, high commands that do a lot to try and stop this from happening so I just wanted to talk a lot about a topic I find quite interesting that was super interesting Jim thank you um, and on that note I'll bring you to something that's on that level is that I was on that fantastic website pipecraft.co.uk <laughs> um, which uh, it it is a website about pipes, and I don't mean <laughs> musical pipes. I mean metal pipes. It's about yeah. tube manipulation. 
uh, metal fabrication. We've all done that, mate. We've all done plenty of that in our time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't manipulate your tubes, lads. Bit of blue, bit of tube. Um, But it is literally steel furniture, tube bending, tube rolling, and they've got a blog article about this song. Um, Oh, that's Because it's called Pipes of Peace, mate. So they've decided to. That's the tenuous link. Oh, uh, that's where I learned all about the Christmas truce and all of the things that James has been talking about. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just thought well, I'd, that's. Uh, I just thought this is on the intellectual level. And if you do want to give Pipecraft a call, their number is oh one nine zero three seven six six seven seven eight for information on all their products and services. I'm trying to get. The sponsor before we've got the sponsor, so yeah. When they start getting a few calls, we'll get some like free lead piping. Um, Great. I don't need any piping. I do. Do you? I need a good. I need a good old piping, mate. You know, piping's got a different different meaning in Dutch as well. Yeah. Ah, the piping. Yeah. Yeah. It means what you think. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, the piping. Oh, similar. Well. Um, you know, a bit ahead of time, but the Pipecraft team would like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah. And I just like, you know, in the modern time we live in, we can learn a lot about the Christmas truce. So we should all think about that. I agree, Jim. I agree. I agree. And do we want to talk about Paul? Because I think Paul's an interesting person because I think he's maligned by a lot of people. I like I him. think he's a really great guy. And just because he wasn't edgy like John. And, mm. you know, I think George was a great guy and I think Ringo is his own thing, right? Even though he's a Brexiteer, so I don't like him that much. Is he? Um, yeah. Although, seems probably a nice guy despite his politics. Um, but yeah, let's just say, let's give some love out to Paul, right? Well, I think, yeah, I, I haven't doffed my cap, actually, today. Yeah. And I think it was a nice round off if I doffed it to not the myth, because he's not mythical. The man, the legend. Sir Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney. Could, and do you know what? He can write a bloody good little ditty, can't he? Bloody can. Can. He's oh, bloody, oh, bloody. Oh, bloody. Oh, bloody. Life goes on. Life goes on. Indeed. Um, well, any uh, last minute housekeepings, everyone? Well, we'll see you next time for now three, which is exciting. And Marita's already got her notes on that. So should we just leave that to you? We'll just leave and you make it all right. All right. Much love. Obviously, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at thatnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Spotify, uh, thatnowpodcast. You can follow us on Instagram at thatnowpodcast and uh, send us your thoughts and feelings on this album. We greatly appreciate it. Say so goodbye for me. It's goodbye from me. And it's also goodbye from me. Bye.